Hey, it's simplicity. So I'm here with Mr. Moore's class and we're going to be talking about sustainability topics today. So I'm just going to hand it to the students here uh, to kick it off by giving me an introduction of their projects and then asking whatever questions they want to ask. Is that pretty much the where we're going today? Okay, so who's going to be first? Go. Okay, so my topic is uh, biodegradable containers. So uh, a question that I would like to ask you is that what happened with the other bi biodegradable containers and why did we stop using them? Um, the biggest problem with biodegradable containers is reliable source for supply. And so our cafeteria has been struggling with finding a supplier that can consistently supply the quantity that we need. Um, so I think they've got a fairly good supplier right now. The salad bar I know has uh, disposable biodegradable containers that they seem to be able to get decent quantity of. Uh, but the thing that happens with biodegradable stuff is that the market doesn't have strong demand and they can't keep up with product in order to keep supplying us. Um, so it's a little bit challenging right now. We need more people choosing biodegradable containers in order to be able to actually have a stable supply source. And some of these biodegradable containers are also based on uh, materials that are still in short supply, like bamboo or other kinds of materials that are used to make these products, uh, press them and, and produce them. Um, that's sometimes still in short supply, which means there's issues then at the at the supply chain in terms of providing those products. So hopefully we've got something that's stable now, but we have to keep checking. Uh, did you find the biodegradable containers useful when we had them? Well, certainly. I mean, our, re our actual plastics consumption went down considerably uh, when we brought those products in. Um, but, you know, I need students to kind of step forward and help do some of the measurement of this because I don't have effective numbers to show exactly what we're accomplishing through the biodegradable containers. I only know that I walk in there and I'll say to the cafeteria, boy, why did the straws come back? And I said, I, I told everybody, no, no plastic straws. Well, I can't be the only one doing that. <laughs> I need uh, you know, members of the community to regularly and consistently say to the cafeteria, we don't want plastics, we want biodegradable things, and keep that mantra going. Because again, as supply chains disappear, we sometimes struggle with getting the cafeteria to not replace it with something that we've already said no to. Um, and again, it's just out of need. They have to, they, kids want something, they put it out there, and nobody really thinks about the ramifications of it. So plastics keep working their way back into our framework 
unless we all participate in making sure that they don't. Um, do you think that people will use the biodegradable uh, containers consistently in the cafeteria if we bring them back? Well, they are back, so I'm not sure about the question, right? So we do have them and people do use them effectively when we have them. Um, so I don't see there's any problem with uh, customers choosing the biodegradable. Um, we don't put plastic and biodegradable side by side and then, and then say to people, pick and choose. So it's either we put biodegradable out or we put plastic out, but not both. Um, but I think everyone, by and large, is supportive of the biodegradable options. Now, here's the thing I will tell you. I'd love to have people choosing to potentially bring their own containers and do those as reusable containers because even the biodegradable containers is still consuming. It's yeah. still using materials, right? And so the real solution, like our water bottles, is a container that's reusable. So a project that we did uh, back when I was in Moscow is we initiated a student project where um, we sold lunch containers and then people use those lunch containers. And we even found a way to wash them in the school washing facility, and then they would reuse it the next day. But also people can use it. So you think about people using their own containers in the salad bar or in the pasta bar, for example. And then after they get done eating, they take it home, they wash it, they bring it back the next day and use it again, just like we're doing water bottles. They can just leave it at home and then bring it the next day or whenever they need it, right? Yeah. So uh, there are programs out there of using these kinds of reusable containers in the same way that we ask you to get water bottles. That's how we got rid of the plastic cups last year, is we said everybody should have their own water bottle, like the ones we have sitting on the table here. And if they do that, then we don't need the plastic cups. Well, that's the same thing in the cafeteria. Is like if we can start doing people bringing their own containers... But we have to agree on a size and a weight for the container. So it has to be a school-provided container because we sell by weight. But we can program the scales for if everybody would own the same container, and therefore we could use reusable containers if we just had a student group that said, here's the container, here's the size, you have to use this one, you can't use anything else then we can do the system of using your own containers on a daily basis. So it's a, it's, a, it's a worthwhile project if somebody wants to consider it. What do you think is the best way for me to advertise uh, the biodegradable containers? Uh, you know, there's so many communication channels in the school. So I think uh, posters in the lunchroom and, and decorations that might continue to push that theme is worth considering. Um, I certainly think uh, e-notes is a great way for us to push information out. Um, we can do things on our website. If there's people that want to design something and work with our communications department, we can push things out there. I think using every channel. I don't think there's any boundaries to putting out communication. But from a school's point of view, in order for it to not just look like clutter on the wall, it has to be well done. And I think you have to work with our communications department to get the message to a level that matches other communication we put out so that it looks 
as professional as everything else that we're doing. And so that means working with people to come up with solutions. So like this was, um, I wasn't finished yet, but th this was uh, mm -hmm. one of my label ideas. Because mm -hmm. um, this is for goal 12 mm -hmm. about the sustainability. And I was thinking of like two main questions, like what are biodegradable containers and how to use them in the cafeteria? And so here I'm kind of just explaining like what they're made of, like how they're made, what are mm -hmm. they used for, what is the purpose of them. And in the cafeteria, like how to use them, I'm kind of explaining like you take them, like how you get the food and then where you take it after. Mm -hmm. And my idea for after, like you use the biodegradable container, uh, I'm thinking that there will be like this, special organic bins and people can throw their biodegradable containers in the organic bins that way it's not wasting the leftover food that could be in the biodegradable containers and it, it's also like helping it be biodegradable so that's only true if you can plan out the rest of it which is where does it go then because it just getting it into a bin is only first step of the process yeah. so like I think if that's the message, you have to have a broader program of where does that gathered material go to and how is it utilized. So for example, we've got a group that's talking about a plastics project right now. And their idea is we're collecting the plastics, but then we're going to grind it, we're going to change it, and we're going to move it into molds to actually create new things. So they've, they've figured out the whole cycle. So the plastic is used. It's deposited, it goes out to a, a facility, it gets chopped up, it gets melted, and then it gets turned into new products that come back into the school for usability. So it means that we've put plastic in the full circle. Yeah. And so in the case of biodegradable, the whole reason for using biodegradable is that it can go into landfill and thus can just go as part of the garbage. But you're suggesting we should pull it out of the garbage chain and do something with it. And it's yeah. the something with it that has to be part of your message. What, what's the, what, what are you gonna use it for? So my idea was to take it to the garden and help it like decompose there to make. Okay, so then you've gotta ask additional questions. How much can we actually take? How much can we process? What period of time? What does the composting look like? How do we make sure we have enough capacity for it? which is the same questions we just asked the plastics group. In plastic group, we said, well, how much plastic can you actually process? And how much can you do? And they actually did the calculations and said, well, we can take this number of bags and this many pounds and this much stuff can be turned into new products. You gotta ask the same garden question. is like, because we're putting 900 kids through the cafeteria every day. That means potentially six to 800 biodegradable bowls, although we don't typically use a lot of biodegradable bowls unless they're going somewhere out of the cafeteria. So the question is, what do the numbers look like? How many bowls are being used on a daily basis? What kind of collection would you do? How much stuff would you have? And how much can the garden actually absorb? before it's overrun with materials and not enough space to put it. 
I mean, I can only have so many gardens on campus, <laughs> right? There's only so much square meters. You got to look backwards from what can we utilize and, and how can that be? And this is all questions that go back to sustainability. What is the sustainability of the project? Can it be done long term? And can we, and can we continue to do it? We've had projects here before. They've always failed because nobody understood the scope and the sustainability. We've had um, recycling bins around the school for a number of years. We don't actively use them yeah. because nobody really figured out what's the sustainability and how do we have to keep providing energy and people working and you know all of the bits and bobs that go with it and maintaining the receptacles and growing it and developing it. So sustainability is a big question here. And, what, and so can you come back from your messages of biodegradable containers to what's the bigger plan in order to be able to sustain this over one year, five years, 10 years? How do you sustain something like that? And how many biodegradable containers are we actually using? I don't think it's that many. I think it's only because we have regular bowls that we have in the cafeteria. So everything that's being eaten in the cafeteria should not be using a biodegradable bowl. It's only the stuff that's going out of the cafeteria. That's a very small portion. So I don't know how much impact there really is. Okay? How can ASW, as a community, continue to, to introduce biodegradable containers and approach the idea of becoming uh, a waste-free school? or more eco-friendly? So the bio, I don't know that you want to encourage a lot of biodegradable use, because I think actually that's counterproductive. What we want to do is no containers, no packaging, to be a truly waste-free school. So we want to reduce reliance on any sort of packaging, biodegradable or other. So it's really about do we have dishes and are we able to maintain a cleaning regime to keep ourselves out of single-use containers entirely. It's not the food containers that are the issue. It's the bottles. At the end of the day, our biggest use of plastic is the number of bottles going through the cafeteria, the number of single-use uh, containers for juices and water and those kinds of things. I need a student group to talk to the cafeteria about dispensing into reusable containers um, juices and liquids because that's the only way we're going to get the last bit of plastic out of the cafeteria. That and I think you guys got to give up your snacks. The little snack things that are on the shelves. I think you have to have a single voice that says we don't need that stuff. We just need fresh food. We don't need bags of chips or crackers or packaged items because that's your other single use plastic is coming from that. So you have to be able to say, and you have to be able to get a lot of kids in your grade level and in your division and across the school saying, hey, cafeteria, hold on. We don't need that stuff. We, we are, we'd rather have a dispenser we can put a cup under for any juice that we want, and those machines are available, and take away all this package stuff because this is just inconsistent with our core values. But I can't do that. I can't demand that. I have to have students step up and say they want that in large numbers. So that's back to your marketing message. What do you need to do to get 
a majority of kids in this school, that's 450 kids plus, saying we don't need that, we don't want that. We want to change this place. That's your challenge. Can't be 15. It's got to be hundreds. All saying the same thing, right? What about a school-wide vote to show I want to get rid of snacks? What about a school-wide campaign to say no more single-use plastics? We did it with cups. That was our first one. We did it with cups. But can you do it broader? Can you, but you've got to get people, number one, not buying it, because that's the market pressure. And then number two, enough people, critical mass, to say to the vendor, you don't need to put this out. We'll, we'll support in other ways. So That was a great conversation with Bogdan, and now we move on to Steffi. Uh, Steffi's a favorite person of mine. Uh, she uh, struggles a bit, um, has a helper that helps her, but what you'll hear in the interview is she's struggling with the same issues as her classmates and trying to understand this idea of um, how we change people's minds about sustainability and about taking care of our planet and our environment. What okay. is your topic, Stephanie? So you're talking about food waste, okay, go ahead. We walked around the school and we found what? Bin. Hmm, and what was in the bin? The food. And what else was in the bin? And the mm, So they were mixed together? Yeah. And what did you think about it? You can go to your questions. Okay. Yeah, how many? You can read the first one. Okay. I have noticed a food waste <laughs> problem in our children, especially in the cafeteria. So we've noticed a food waste problem in the cafeteria. Okay. Mm -hmm. Why is it happening? What is happening? The children. Children often leave food. They run and throw it away and into our purpose bin. So children often throw their food into all-purpose bins in the cafeteria? Mm -hmm. Mm hmm So what did you think about it? I was thinking... You're here, my dear. Uh, I was talking about it was just we, we, we just think indoor organic cobalt bins in the cafeteria in every school. So you were thinking about introducing organic compost indoor mm -hmm. bins in the cafeteria. So I think that's a great idea. How do you think you get people to put the food there and separate at the tables? Hmm. Do you think people will do that? Stephanie, so we thought about some labels and how to show people hmm. what goes into a compostable into compost and what doesn't go into compost. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us what goes into compost? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, there's like food mm -hmm. and um, water bottles. Do water bottles really go to compost? No. No, they don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So people have to separate into two places. Okay. Um, do you have an idea how much food and how 
how we would deal with that load. Because like I'm looking at that garbage can there with food in it. That's a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And and what do we do with that? So where did we go outside and what did we see in the garden? A, a black um, around thing with compost. So there are, there is some compost in the garden that we thought might absorb the compost from the cafeteria, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So is that enough? Is there enough space in the garden for all the food that we do every day? Yeah. You think you so? You think yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you want to show your sketch of a compost bin that you would like okay. to reintroduce to school? You can show this one, Stephanie. How about this one? Okay. Okay. As well. You can show the computer. You can show the Just turn it towards me. So tell me what I'm looking at. Can you describe it to me? So, um, okay. Um, there's a, a bin. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of bins are those? They are, um, food bins. Food waste bins. Food waste bins. Okay. Um, this is a bin for food. Mm-hmm. Which one did you choose to make your own sketch? My own sketch is this one. Can you show it? Okay. I have two. Can you show mm-hmm. it? One is compost bin number two. Mm-hmm. I need this food waste. for food waste. You also made another sketch with a label. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's this one, right? Yeah. Okay. So tell me about this one. It's a scary. Do you want to show yours? I'm gonna scary. So um, see um, do compass bin number one, and see do um, scary. It's nicely drawing, and uh-huh. um, see have um a gray. And the stand and the sign. Got it. And so the sign helps to understand what goes in there and what doesn't. More importantly, what doesn't go in there, right? And this is my label. And this is your label. Okay. And the sticky. Oh, sorry. So what does it say here? Acceptable and not acceptable. So that's how you teach people what goes in and what doesn't go in. Yeah. Okay. And. Who, who takes care of the bin? I do. Okay, so you're going to take this on, and you're going to do this for the next five years, right? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> That's a lot of responsibility, Stephanie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Would you get, could you get people to help you? Yeah. Okay. Miss Carrie, yeah. All right. Could you ask your friends? Yeah, my friends and Miss Carrie. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. You're going to need lots of friends. Yeah. That's good. Can we talk with the person who is in charge of the compost outside to help us out? Yeah. Mm, do you remember who is responsible for the compost? One of the people who is responsible for the compost? Do you think there are other gardens outside of the school? Yeah. Do you think some of this compost could go other places? Yeah. Because I'm just worried. There's lots of food. I'm just worried, Sefi, there's lots of food that comes out of our cafeteria every day. I don't think we have enough gardens. I think we need to find a way to sell it to other people or give it to other people. 
Maybe there's farmers that might want our compost, do you think? Yeah. Okay. Could that be a great idea? So maybe some of your posters could be free compost. Come and yeah. get it. <laughs> and let's do some let's do some compost selling or some compost giving away. Okay? Okay. All right. Think about that and how that might work. Okay. Right. Do you have any other questions for me? Do you have any questions for me? I have, um a bag that was no food. Yeah. And it said let for the container. You have different proposition of labels. Yep. Yeah. Can you show us those labels? Are those labels the labels you would use for little kids? For big kids. Those are for big kids. Okay. So could you make labels for little kids? Because like most of the cafeteria food comes from kindergarten and first grade and little kids. So do you think you could take those labels and turn them into little kid versions? Yeah. Okay. I think that's a good goal. Okay. Maybe you think about that and how you make it very, very simple for little for the littlest kids, the three and four year olds, and how they can fix or put their waste in. Oh, food with Emily. Yep. So maybe really simple. Yeah. Yep. Okay. The last one is, is this. That's the so one you come up one. with. Yeah. yeah. That looks great. And that's it. That's great. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs>
wash it and do whatever they want to do with it. Okay, so maybe expanding into other projects. They could reuse Reusability. It's not a problem to do it, and it's not like I went, I'm not going to do yeah. this because someone touched it. Uh, my second question is, is there a class, if, if it's going to work, if it's going to, if I get the group of people that want to do it, is there a class, or should I do it outside, should I do it in school, and it's like... All of the above. I, I think, again, when you're talking about projects of this nature, it's the more, the more the better. So whenever you're talking about a sustainability project, you want to get everybody to buy into it because that's how it builds year on year, is everybody taking it up. Uh, these projects that come into my office to present to me, I always say to them, I always ask them, what's your sustainability plan? How do you keep this going? So you need younger kids coming up to help take on the project. You need kids committing to doing it for multiple years. We have a lot of turnover at this school with kids going in and out. So how do you, when new kids arrive, how do you teach them about the system and get them involved in it year on year? You know, and so it becomes how do you develop a program for a project like this so that there's always this constant churn of new people and new ideas that are continuing to propel it and develop it. I do just really worry about the load, like how much is coming into the system and how, how do you deal with that kind of magnitude. Again, we're putting 900 kids through lunch every day. And amongst those 900 kids is probably 50 bottles. So then start multiplying that 50 times 180 school days. That's 50,000 bottles or some, some magnitude of that nature. So how do you keep building that, how you sustain that over time. I think you have to couple it with the other projects, which is yeah. how do we stop using plastics? Yeah. Because you can only support a small portion. So we need to reduce our actual plastic utilization by 80%, and then you can handle the last 20%. Okay. <laughs> okay? Keep going. What else? Uh, so, um, what do you think a good time of the year would be to make my project uh, Anytime. This one's yeah. not, well, I mean, obviously, since you're talking about planting and growing, springtime pops yeah. to mind. Because, but it's indoor planting and growing, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Now, there are some interesting gardening projects around the school, indoor gardening, and like indoor uh, units that have lights and water flow. Maybe this and that can somehow go together. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think you have to look at partners. How do you partner your project with other projects? so that it makes sense. But plants and growing, that's always a springtime conversation. Um, and you got compost too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there uh, are there any teachers you recommend that I can talk? Well, I think you got a pretty good one right there. <laughs> Teaching more about gardening. And oh, gardening. Um, you've got a wonderful biology teacher up in the high school, uh, Ms. Josephson. Um, she has a lot of insight into growing and sustainability. Mm -hmm. Also, um, Mrs. McGoldrick has been doing the indoor uh, plant cart uh, with the lights and everything, and she has a lot of insight into indoor gardening. Yeah. And so she has a lot of good resources. Um, and I think there's probably a dozen others. Um, uh, Mr. Theodore, uh, who's doing the gardens outside, he would have insight into indoor plants. By the way, there's certain indoor plants you could grow that help with air quality. And there was a project last year in fifth grade that uncovered a lot of the air quality uh, that 
plants could enhance. And there are certain kinds of plants that are better than other plants in terms of helping with indoor air quality. And then it's just about how do you organize installation around the school and where, where, where would they go and how would they be maintained? Because that's always the sticking point. It's how do you maintain it? How do you keep it going? Okay? I don't have any more questions except uh, my last question is do you recommend me to team up with one of the projects uh, that you saw maybe I could team up with Wagner and we would first uh, well I think yeah I think you've obviously got some connections yeah. they're already bubbling up in your head right yeah. it's like composting well that's what I put yeah. in there to grow the plants yeah. right and yeah. and then like the I reduction and biodegradable yeah. things all those things make sense um, but I think also uh, teaming up with people who have messages yeah. about recycling and sustainability who can help with uh, essentially getting people to want to do mm -hmm. something. Getting people to want to do something is the toughest part of this. You have to build groups around um, understanding how you get people to make decisions because they have habits. Breaking habits are hard. So how do you get people to change their habits? How do you, how do you, how do you, I don't want to say you can't force them. You can't make them. So you have to figure out how do I convince them? How do you convince somebody to change a long-held habit? Mm -hmm. And then they've got to be reminded regularly to build new habits. They have, habits don't just go away. They have to be replaced by other habits, other ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. So the water bottles were the key one, right? The water bottles were, you use your own water bottle. That's a habit. And you're replacing the habit of pulling a plastic cup. Bathrooms. We had to change people's habits about how many paper towels do you pull, mm -hmm. right? And so you have to build a habit and then you have to reinforce that habit. Only pull one. Make it work. Make one be enough, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to put messages everywhere and remind people. And so people have to be able to stop at that paper towel dispenser and think before they pull the second one. Mm -hmm. How do you get them to do that? And same for the plastic bottles. How do you build a habit of going to reusables before you go to new? And how do you, how do you make that work? Okay? Does that help? Yes. All right. Thank you, guys. So that finishes up my visit to Mr. Moore's class and working with some middle school students on their uh, environmental and sustainability projects. Uh, I really appreciate being welcomed to the center table and getting a bit of time with Bogdan and Steffi and Maya, uh, each developing their projects brilliantly and bringing new ideas to the table as uh, students prepare these projects. Uh, thanks to Mr. Moore for inviting me and providing me with an opportunity uh, to join his class, if only for a little bit of time. Um, this is uh, first in an episode of Zimplicity to get us back, get me back on track and doing a bit of podcasting, um, mostly with students to try to flesh out some of these ideas. But as you can sense, it's a bit of a conversation that helps us to understand uh, both school direction and how we're trying to respond to the ideas that students bring to the table. In the end, we are all trying to change the world for the better. Uh, next episode will bring me to grade five to talk about leadership. Stay tuned for that in the coming days. This has been Zimplicity. <laughs>